0: Well, the uh, last thing we want to talk about today is I'm going to just raise a topic, raise an issue that hopefully we can talk about more in the future, and it's something that um, uh, Ruthie and I both found fascinating when we were kind of investigating coming to Grace Church. We thought it was strange along, along with a number of other things that we saw at Grace, um, but that is the concept of tension, and um, just the idea of of having uh, conflict, tension. Uh, not buttoning everything up, not tying it up with a nice ribbon, um, you know, dealing with stuff right away, being really honest with each other. I mean, it c- shows itself in a lot of different forms. And so as I've been here now two years, two plus years, it's, it's I've kind of pulled some of those thoughts together just at the beginning. I think there might be something here that would actually be helpful for us as a staff and certainly for us as Uh, ministry staff that's working in discipleship and so the concept is um, tension as a tool of transformation okay and so when you think about it in many churches and and for most of us because we care about people uh, we often have a desire to relieve tension or suffering right somebody's going through something bad you want to make it better it's very natural And so it could be a staff relationship, could be a discipleship relationship, it could be a a biblical truth, you know, whatever. Um, And in many churches, that is a high, high value. Nobody can be upset. Nobody can be confused. um, Nobody can have a question that they didn't get answered 100%, right? Um, You know, because then you're not doing your job as a as a as a shepherd as a pastor your job is to is to, i mean they wouldn't say it this way but your job is to make them feel better in that moment right and that is not what we are doing at grace church it's not at all what we're trying to do um and the problem is that this is often counterproductive for life change because when you relieve the tension you relieve the motivation for growth and change okay because that tension that discomfort that suffering that uncomfortable feeling, that unanswered question, that, um, that situation that's not 100% resolved yet, you know, is something that's going to continue to be a motivator for growth and development. So let me give you some examples. Um, in teaching, you know, um, one of the things that was interesting to me is, coming out of the background that I was coming from, is that we don't necessarily have to give every side of every theological point in every message. So if a passage mentions something that's emphasizing some aspect of the character of God or a command to us as Christians or whatever, and there's nuances to it, there's other perspectives, there's balancing truths in other parts of the Scripture that, you know, if you were teaching a systematic theology course, you would certainly want to talk about. We're not going to necessarily talk about them in that sermon because this is what the text says. And so you're like, well, wait, wait, all these people are going to go home and they're not going to realize these other things that the Bible said. Yes. That's right. And some of them are going to be uncomfortable about that. And some of them are going to have questions about that. But, you know, Matt has told me before, look, if somebody has a question, if somebody's uncomfortable, if somebody doesn't understand something, that's an opportunity to engage them. I mean, how many people go home from a sermon where everything is buttoned up perfectly, all the ribbons are tied up, you know, all the uh, T's are crossed and I's are dotted, and they forget about it in 15 minutes? Right? Because there's nothing provoking in it. There's nothing challenging in it. And so when we have some tension in it, at least people have to deal with that. At least they have to address it. Another example is in marriage crises, you know, where we would not promote or uh, allow is probably too strong a word, but we would not suggest um, or recommend reconciliation too soon. You know, in many churches, uh, the, a high goal or maybe the highest goal in any kind of marriage situation would be, y'all need to get back together, you need to forgive one another, you need, you need to make it right you know, and all of that. And we're saying, no, there's, there the fact that he's lonely in an apartment, assuming that's what happened, um, and that she feels bad and wishes she could forgive him because she thinks she's supposed to forgive him right away, that's actually going to be helpful for a discipleship. We don't want to, we don't want to let them off the hook from that. We don't want to let him off the hook of what he's the consequences. We don't want her to stop wrestling with what does it mean to really forgive versus deal with the pain and hurt that she suffered and the the need to have a a transformed husband, not just feel better about her marriage and feel better about herself, right? There's all kinds of discipleship that's going to happen in the tension. And so we're not trying to to stop that. Um, Issues like race or foster care or um, poverty, um, or uh, recovery ministries, you know. I mean, all of these things. A lot of churches will um, do, and I, I'm not. I don't want to be overly judgmental here because I'm, I really don't think. I think it's in, unintentional. But what happens is they do a little bit that their members feel really good about, and so the members say, "We've got to do something about race in our city," you know. And so the the church says, "Well, listen, let's let's." cooperate with a, uh, a black church, and we'll switch pastors once a year, and we'll have a, a dinner on the grounds at our church one, one Sunday, and we'll have a dinner on the grounds at their church one Sunday, and then we'll have a joint service project. And people think, this is unbelievable. Our church is so amazing, you know? And what it, what's happened? What you've really done, I mean, those things are fine. There's probably some, there's p- some limited benefit that's going to come from that. They're not useless, right? Um, but in terms of the actual problems that the generational problems that race is uh, having in our culture they're not really all that effective and yet what you've done is you've relieved the tension for the people in your church because now they're like oh yeah the race thing we got that you know we do the we do the picnic twice a year you know so I don't have to volunteer to school and 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 uh tutor a, a child from you know first grade to ninth grade you know for eight years Three, day, three afternoons a week for eight years. I don't have to do that. We do a picnic twice a year, right? You relieve the tension for people. Or a group leader, another example I don't have on there, but a group leader that's in a difficult shepherding situation, right? And they, they say, hey, I don't know what to do. I mean, this is complicated. Th- this guy did stuff. I can't, I mean, cross-dressing and, you know, hooking up. I mean, I don't know anything about this. What, how, c- I can't do this, right? And the tenth temptation might be to say, well, you know what? I'll, That makes sense. Let me just, I'll I'll get with them. But but when you rescue somebody from that and take them out of that tension and that feeling of inadequacy, you're not helping them grow in their uh, leadership, their shepherding, all those kinds of things. Uh, In relationships in the workplace, you know, if you just, if somebody's not performing and you pave over it and you do part of their job for them because you can't stand to see them feeling inadequate and uncomfortable, and so I'll just do this. I'll just I'll handle this part of it, you know. And you, you think you're doing something nice, right? That that might work for six months. It might work for a year, but it's not a nice. It's not nice two years from now when everybody else realizes they can't do the job, and when you can't do your job because you're doing part of their job, right? So this I just would like it to encourage us as a as a ministry staff, and I think this this idea needs to be fleshed out more but this idea that tension is a high value for us we we think tension is a huge opportunity especially in a consumeristic comfort oriented culture that's desperate to get out of any kind of uh, uncomfortable situation that we need to really take seriously the idea that we want people in that as long as long as necessary and that we are not out of our desire to feel better about ourselves or feel more valuable or make it less difficult for us that we're not taking that that tension or that um, discomfort away away from other people does that make sense? Is that a category so I would just you know think about where you see that think about where it happens on staff, think about where it happens with your volunteers and I think again, this is another uh, training opportunity to step one step lower right because w- it's easy in this environment to see that demonstrated you've probably had. You've been in shepherding situations where somebody else said, hey, we don't want to let them out of that too soon, right? So you've had a chance to learn this concept, even if it's not packaged exactly this way. But your volunteers and your leaders may not have. And so they need to really understand, and you need to model for them, hey, if you're working with somebody that's in this situation, our goal is not to make it all better as fast as we can. Our goal is for God to do whatever transformative work he needs to do in their lives, and then we'll see where the chips fall you know, after, after we get through that, okay? Awesome. Well, let me say a prayer for us, and then we'll be dismissed. God, we thank you so much for this time, and we thank you for the opportunity that you've given us as a staff to be encouraged and uh, be equipped. We pray that um, the things that we've heard today will be helpful, that you would um, just give us a chance to implement these in ways that continue to, to uh, raise up Members, volunteers, leaders who have a passion for your mission of making disciples. And Lord, we just uh, think about the great opportunity in the upstate. Literally, hundreds of thousands of people um, in the upstate who are not today walking as disciples. Many of them right now ignoring you, acting as if you don't even exist, and just uh, doing whatever their hearts desire. And we know, Lord, that you deserve to have those people praise you. We know that you deserve their worship. And we know, Lord, that their hearts desire something more than what they're experiencing right now. So Lord, would you raise up people in our church to go into every aspect of their lives with a passion to get involved in somebody else's life, meet their needs, and help them grow in their relationship with you. And we pray that this would happen for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.